All right. Welcome to Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. We got to do that fun thing this last week where we completely blow someone's mind by telling them <laughs> that we've only been in person friends one single time in our entire one relationship. Single time. I know. I know. That cracked me up so much because, of course, we were asked for author pictures and one of preferably of us together. We're like, do you want a really grainy, blurry one that we took? Yeah, the only picture we have together is from after, right after Esther had gotten off of a plane from visiting her yep. family in Tennessee and we're like, in my kitchen like we're not Mm -hmm. it's not like a cute (laughs) professional picture I know I just think that it it. really blows people's mind to think about the fact that you and I have been friends for years and years and we have this whole like Mm -hmm. partnership together and yet we've only been in person once a long distance relationship yeah exactly as the pandemic we're like 90 day fiance but like with friends slash business partner slash co-writers it's like we we fell in love on facebook and now we never get to see each other basically yeah yeah basically that is the case we are like wedded for taxable reasons but that's you know about it with the divorce who gets the dogs we all take our own dogs home yeah exactly it's just like so wild and i always forget that not everyone knows that so I thought that it right. would be like dear listener funny because I'm sure that some of you will yeah. be surprised by that too oh Whereas, totally. like it's just like it was so fun to have you here and then also explaining to people that I'd been friends with you for like a couple of I guess we were probably friends two for years over, like two years by the two time years almost here. yeah but yeah. still explaining that to my mom hi mom to be like oh my friend <laughs> Esther's coming to stay with us for the weekend she's like is that gonna be weird and I'm like I don't know we talk literally <laughs> like 20 hours a day normally I know <laughs> I, I can't know. imagine it would be weird as I was um actually doing the dishes a couple of days ago I was remembering I'm like oh because we of course had this email conversation with our publisher and stuff like that about us not meeting I was like the first time I met Holly made this amazing charcuterie board okay oh <laughs> okay and because I had been like trained not to touch anything until like the host kind of started eating and stuff like that. Oh shit! <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't touch it at all. Holman <laughs> touched it. Holman ate it. I, however, just so, like, <laughs> okay, I guess I'm allowed to eat this. I have yeah. no idea. And then the charcuterie board like went to waste because then we started dinner. I was like, oh, there goes the cheese. Okay. okay. <laughs> and now I, I know. I miss the cheese. <laughs> I miss the cheese. I, that is hilarious, and it literally didn't even occur to me. But that's good to keep in mind because I'm sure that you're right like from an actual manners perspective that is right. correct but it right. didn't even occur to me well, I, I was I thinking, it, like she needs to nosh on something there has to be right. food for her when she walks through the door right. and, and Owen I, is and, such a panda that he's like he like eating it and already in. getting in for getting ready for a nap on the nap, couch she's yep. like just met us exactly like, okay, exactly uh, <laughs> you aren't gonna murder us we're cool okay sleep yeah. in here I'm comfortable yeah. <laughs> and, and like it really didn't occur to me until like later I'm like Esther this is like a weird trading thing that you went through like it's not like in, <laughs> in, like it's like intrinsically in me right it wasn't anyone that Holly didn't say anything about you not eating the charcuterie board no one yeah. said there were no rules like and I know now like going to your house you'd be like shove it in like you don't really yeah, care please eat all but, of this I have it here for you it's right. so funny because the waiting for the host to eat or waiting for the oldest woman at the table to eat thing is something that I was also raised with I always forget mm-hmm. about the waiting for the oldest woman at the table thing to till like it comes up like we had right 
a uh, my grandparents both just turned 90 and mm-hmm. we had a little family get together because everyone is vaccinated, which is Yay! awesome. The only people who weren't vaccinated were my parents who live in a rural area and never see anybody and who are now <laughs> vaccinated. But anyway, it, it felt very safe and all of that. But we were sitting around the table and we had all just been served. And my uncle John was like, um, all right, we just need to wait for Waggy to pick up her. Waggy's what we call my grandma. We just need to wa- wait for Waggy to pick up her fork. And I was like, I completely forgot about that <laughs> I completely forgot about uh-huh. that I wasn't yeah. eating already but I was like thank goodness my like you know I guess like beaten into me table manners came through but also it's like who really cares and table right. manners are kind of classist and super outdated so as long as right. you're not being an asshole I think you're probably safe <laughs> yeah like for me like it, when when I have people come over I'm just like yeah I go ahead and dig in whatever and so like just just it would just made me laugh like washing my dishes like Esther you were like so trained and so into this like <laughs> yeah, exactly. thing that Holly's How expectation is not come. that at all no, I know I expect that people immediately feel comfortable with grow- going through my cupboards I don't know I think it's because <laughs> I have a lack of boundaries and a yeah, sense of entitlement they, yeah so I just assume that everyone else does also <laughs> so now we so now I know the next time I come I'm going to go through your brand new cupboards and I'm gonna well just... they're the same cupboards but they okay. are painted now <laughs> yay 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 my kitchen has had a little baby refresh and it is mid unpacking. So as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go start moving shit around again. Because the other thing is that I didn't want to put everything back exactly where it had been. I wanted to take this mm-hmm. chance to like donate a bunch of stuff and get rid of broken stuff right. and all of that. But I think that I may have misjudged parts of it when I was putting it away mm-hmm. yesterday. So now I laid awake almost all night thinking about where I would move things to. Oh no. So okay. yeah, I'm doing mentally great. Uh... <laughs> Just moving in your brain. Yeah, That's nice. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, house update about me, no new house, but I did brew kombucha successfully. Yeah! So I feel like, huh. I, I'm so proud of you because I never have gotten a batch of kombucha to come out right ever it surprised <laughs> I shocked myself I've impressed myself and that's difficult to do as a Leo it's difficult to impress myself but I have done it dear listener so I tasted my strawberry kombucha and it was amazing and then now I'm drinking my cherry blossom kombucha and it's also really good I, oh yes oh my god okay fine I'm coming to Korea immediately <laughs> save a bottle for me because I know they're still doing two week for two week for yeah. our <laughs> quarantine yes quarantine I'll just send it to you at your hotel they'll just get yeah. you and then just turn around and go back home what's (laughs) happening yeah i don't even need to go to your town i just need to fly into seoul have you hand deliver kombucha wave from my window hi esther thanks for the kombucha and then fly back (laughs) i know i mean it works i mean it'll be the 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 most expensive kombucha anyone's ever had but (laughs) yeah it'll be worth it (laughs) see that's the problem with the long distance friendship is that we don't get to try each other's stuff that much even though we're always so excited for each other yeah because because holly's an amazing baby I'm an amazing like experimentalist apparently so (laughs) you're an amazing well we can call you an alchemist I think whenever there's like a living whenever there's a component of a living culture it feels like alchemy to me okay so like sourdough kombucha and yogurts anything with a little we are the alchemist yeah you're we are the alchemist because you're the sourdoughist and I am the kombucha yeah it we love fermentation. We fermentation. do love I love fermenting things. stuff. <laughs> it's so much fun. Love it. It's the best.
actually record our podcast. How about that? <laughs> it's your turn to pick a card, Esther, I it think. I turn. might be wrong, but you're on the outline, so you I'm will. on the outline, so we'll see. Who knows anymore? <laughs> Let's see. I'm using Lightseer's Tarot today. Oh, Let's... how fun. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Card of the day is the Seven of Swords. Hey, it's me. The Seven of Swords. Because <laughs> I am literally a Seven of Swords in the Pocket of Pierce tarot. So that's true. That's, that's true. We're information gathering today. Yes, we are. Both of our questions, I don't know if you've read through the outline already, but both of our questions have wonderful pseudonyms today. I was looking at this first one and I was like, excuse me? Excuse me? I was like, is this, is this, do we have our first sponsorship of the show? Do we have sock people sponsoring us now? (laughs) It's Bomba Socks asking a question. Yes. Okay. Our first question of the episode is not from Bombas, but it is from Tasteful Sock Sandal Combo. In the shoe, I just love that so much. I, know, I don't know why. I can't even say the question because I keep giggling at myself. Okay, trying my best. In the few short weeks that I've been practicing tarot, I feel completely invigorated. Yay! Not only do I feel more emotionally and mentally equipped to take on my problems, I also feel energized to make myself a real home within the tarot community. I don't want to quit my day job or find a way to profit off of tarot, but I do feel that tarot connects some dots within me that I have been trying to connect for a long time. What I desire is to find a way in which I can incorporate tarot into my life in more of a more serious role than a casual hobby. I was initially drawn to tarot in the subject of mental health, but I have also felt especially connected with the topic of inclusivity and diversity within tarot. My question for the cards are, what do I most have to offer the tarot community as a whole? Where can I focus my strengths and interests in the most beneficial way? Most of all, I'm wondering if there is any guidance within the cards for how to balance my desire to pursue my passion further with my propensity to easily burn out on things and lose the energy, physically and mental, to continue on in with my passions in a committed way. Cool. Nice. We already have questions. Yes. Uh, Good questions, tasteful sock sandal combo. (laughs) I think just starting out with like, what's the best, what can you bring to the tarot community is a good idea. Yeah, um, I think so. I think that it's like, we've talked about this before, I think probably several times, but I think it's so natural to be like, I love this thing and now I should monetize it somehow. So I'm glad that Tasteful Sock Sandal Combo already is kind of thinking like, that's not my plan, but what can right. I still bring to it even though I'm not trying to monetize anything? Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, cool. So I'm using Mystic Mondays because I'm about to give it to a friend who told me that she wanted to start doing tarot oh yay that's exciting <laughs> so this so is like this the is goodbye, goodbye tour <laughs> yeah the goodbye to mystic mondays um but yeah so tasteful sock sandal combo what is your role in the community as a whole oh <laughs> i like my card what did you get i got the three of cups Wait, I literally just got the three of cups too, and I shuffled it back into the deck because I thought Are that it was serious? just a <laughs> jumper. Too- yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's probably not for me. That's probably, I thought that it was going to be about me giving like my friend oh, Anna the, Rose deck. the deck. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it's a three but of no, cups. No, I got the three of cups also, and also the hermit, which is kind of interesting. Okay. I think it confirms the idea that this is for you. Like right. it's something that you can celebrate and enjoy with other people, but like keeping your own focus on 
maybe your own growth rather than trying to turn it into like a, what can I like teach others at this point? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It's that whole balance between like internal, external energy and import and export sort of feel like yeah, you need some for yeah. yourself and you need some for the community as well. Like you're on the right path, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I like the hermit in that setting also because it's kind of like, like, oh, and then I just pulled the three of wands. So I do think that there's an element of like wanting to think about what you can bring, but it also is the what you can bring as part of the journey. That's the other thing that I'm kind uh -huh. of getting from this combination of cards. Like join the community, participate in the community fully, celebrate this interest and this love, but keep working on yourself because the working on yourself is what's going to lead you to like the process is what leads you to planning how you can give back more, but you have to go right. through that. You can't just have us help, you know, like it has right, to be something right. that you go through. <laughs> right. Right. It's a you driven process, not an external, like what other people need. And then you respond to that need. You have to yeah, figure yeah, out first there you what go. you want That's out of exactly. It. And I, I love that. I love a combination of the hermit and the three of wands because it really is like, there has to be so much internal thoughtfulness before starting to plan. And the three of wands mm -hmm. is like, keep an eye on the horizon, but also like, remember that there's stuff that you can be doing on your own. And then yeah. getting two threes of cups is really celebrating that this is the right thing for you to do. And that being mm -hmm. part of the tarot community online is a great idea. Um, and then just use that hermit time to kind of work through what you think you can give. Mm -hmm. I love it. Maybe an area that she can focus on in the short term. Yeah. To kind of add some additional structure to that hermitage. That first, yeah, hermitageness. <laughs> <laughs> the hermitiness. Focusing short term. Oh, and I got the Hierophant. Oh, I got the Queen of Swords. I think this all like okay. is nice together. I think in the short term, finding a mentor, somebody mm -hmm. who has queen of swords energy. I mean, it can be Esther because that is her signifier in this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh. Or just somebody who has the same sort of vibe as Esther. Yeah. Who's like Esther's super giving of herself, but she also can be like a little bit like willing to cut people loose. Right, <laughs> so maybe right, right. looking for somebody who like sort of inspires you and seems really rational and like maybe they could Facebook stalk people into infinity and beyond <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that person will be able to teach you something because of that hierophant is, that could sort of like be a wise person to mm -hmm. help you kind of go through the hermity phase. So I don't think it's going to be somebody right. in person. I still think that right. it's going to be somebody that you meet through the community, but it'll be somebody who's like really, really intellectual, really, really whip smart. I think that that also kind of comes into play with the interests and in mental health specifically, or diversity yeah. within inclusivity, inclusivity and diversity within tarot, the intellectual sort of like critical side would be a mm -hmm. good place to look for or not critical, but criticism side would be a good yeah. place to look for a higher font person for you yeah yeah and if you feel comfortable you can always ask in the facebook group for recommendations oh, yeah. of people who have more of like a mental health inclusivity diversity um perspective in their practice so you can get more right. like 
specific names from other people. Yeah, and, totally. Like, we have Put people a, throw too, a post but yeah. in the group. Yeah. Like, does anyone have a favorite tarot mentor who yeah. like who exemplifies Queen of Swords energy to you? And then yeah. you can work with that person or find yeah. a way to follow them and like participate in whatever they're doing and help that inform what you are doing so that mm-hmm. you can create more of a plan in the long term. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Good job. Tasteful sock sando co- sandal combo. I cannot say those last two words together. I am so You keep wanting to make it a sandwich. That's yeah. what you keep, you, are you hungry? Do you need a snack? It's only 540, but I actually was thinking that I have not really cooked anything for the last week and a half because yeah. my kitchen has been pretty inaccessible. So in addition to it wreaking digestive havoc, I do I'm miss sure. cooking yeah. a lot. I'm sure. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway. All right. Awesome. Well, good luck and keep us updated. We'll see you in the group and we'll come with more suggestions of some great queen of swords. Yeah. Teachers. Yeah. If you don't feel comfortable in the group, like making yourself public, you can always DM one of us personally, because that'd be a little bit better than trying to. Listeners could just post on the episode post. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. And the episode post, if you're listening, drop in the comments, people that are relevant to this question. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. Exactly. Cool. My question is from Frazzled in Florida, who in the email or in the message added the caveat that they're not in Florida. She's not in Florida. She put Florida because she liked the alliteration, which I dig. So (laughs) not even Frazzled in France. Don't let that confuse you. Like, if you're going to go big, go big. Frazzled in Florence. What did Florence be? Yeah. Oh, Frazzled in Florence. Oh, man. Sorry, I'm not criticizing your name. I'm just saying in general. Esther speaking as somebody who was born in Florida she's like why I'm like why would you I spent so many summers in Florida I hate Florida well and frazzled is a really good I mean there's a lot of reasons why I might feel frazzled in Florida Um, but when I first started dating Nathan who's from Florida I was like well I can never come visit it was kind of flirtatious but I was like I can Mm. never come visit you because I just don't think that my hair could handle it oh my hair was miserable every summer it was horrible eventually I got like after living there for a year I do think that my skin and hair adapted but I had no idea what to do with all of the sweat you know you're just like so hot (laughs) it's all I hate it I hate I'm just I'm like sweat starting to sweat just thinking just thinking about it you're like oh no am I sweating (laughs) I'm feeling really like oh my god I have to flap my arms a little bit (laughs) anyway frazzled in not Florida um (laughs) Has a, a serious question, so I need to okay, stop we got to tone it down a bit. How okay. sweaty I get in Florida. Uh, okay, Frazzled. My job is making me physically sick from the stress. I've talked to my boss about it and done my best to alleviate my workload, but ultimately it feels like nothing has changed. The solution seems obvious, but of course, just quitting is never as simple as it sounds. Aside from the obvious financial concerns, I'm worried about my relationship with my boss. I'm trying to turn a side hustle in the same industry into my own full-time thing. And she's been my primary mentor and supporter. It feels like we have a good enough relationship that she would understand my decision and continue to support my side hustle. But you never know. Also, I'm not bragging when I say I'm single handedly keeping this company running. It explains the stress. My boss isn't great at the management stuff and the employees below me just aren't ready. If I leave, I'm basically screwing them all over in a major way. Help me cards. I'm so miserable, but I feel like I'm backed into a corner here. (sighs) So stressful. Yeah. So I think if just quitting is not an option, Mm -hmm. 
should the focus of the questions be about stress management or do we want to just kind of get a vibe for it and then go from there? It doesn't seem like not quitting isn't an option because there's that side hustle component to it. Yeah. Like I'm hesitant to be to not do to just focus it on not quitting because quitting seems like the only way to get through it. I mean, if you have a boss who's unable to alleviate your workload, even when you've asked that boss is not somebody you want to stick around with for too long. In my experience. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like, it's not your responsibility to keep a place going. It's their responsibility to hire the right people. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I want to alleviate that sort of guilt that, you know, you'd be leaving a hole in the company. But if your boss who is, seems to be a close mentor and friend is aware that this would happen, then that's something that is their responsibility at the end of the day because you're not making their money. Yeah. Kind of money. Yeah. You know? (laughs) It's not your company and you're trying to do something else too. Right. So it's not fair to put yourself in a situation where you're getting physically ill from And there was a quote that I wrote down. Where is it in my planner? Because it was really good. Oh no. Wisdom's coming, but it takes a second. (laughs) I am bananas. I like that. That's a great saying when you're trying to come up with something. <laughs> Where is it? It's like literally people will let you burn out for them, essentially. Like they will let oh, you yeah. burn out. No, they, you they, can they, find they, the actual quote. I it's no, it's it's you like can somewhere just, in this messy planner. I'm just gonna like Esther. This is the podcast, though, so you can just take out all of the time where you're flipping through the planner to true. find it. It's no, it, we're not live on the air. No one oh, has to true. like wait. To we're not hear like it. Instagram live or something. Where did it go? Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's it's in March, somewhere. <laughs> See, you're narrowing it down. Oh, you got this. Says, I, I wrote down and I quote: "Motherfuckers will let you burn out." That's what it says. <laughs> wow, I'm so glad we waited for those precise words. I told you that it, I was. I told you the gist of it. You said, "No, go find it." I know that was totally on me. Your guess was very, very close. The only thing you missed yeah. was motherfuckers. Motherfuckers, <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's so true. It's like so it's, true. it's really easy. I don't know. I think both of us have worked in toxic environments where we're like, we understand or we've learned the hard way that right. my family motto of no one cares is kind mm-hmm. of like really, really, especially yeah. true with work stuff. Like everyone is yeah. just focused on themselves. You can say this isn't working for me until the cows come home, but it won't mm-hmm. actually change anything unless it's impacting someone else's bottom line. Like I remember when I was first an academic advisor, it was actually not a toxic environment at all. I really loved my coworkers. But when you're in the admin section of a university, you have to be at the whims of faculty a lot. And the faculty Mm -hmm. that we were working with in my first advising job were pretty dysfunctional. And we, and then like sort of just staffing issues. There were only two of us when there needed to be three of us. And we were all just like always drowning. And what Mm -hmm. the department chair of one of the departments that we worked with was like, you just need to start making it so that the faculty aren't getting things done the way that they want to have things be done, because Mm -hmm. that's the only way to put pressure on the college to hire another person. Like it has to be impacting them individually for any, Mm -hmm. it's like the worst part of human nature, at least in the United States. I don't know if other countries are like this too, but like somebody has to be actually 
affecting the person that they're trying to get like you know change right. from in order for change to happen and it's just right bananas because we want to think like oh if somebody told me they were struggling i would do everything i could to change it right 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 <laughs> it's like sometimes you like and this is not terror related at all but sometimes you have to let people <laughs> fail to for them to realize how bad it is well especially in work situations yeah exactly yeah. right exactly you know because you've been keeping the company running on your own essentially because of poor management skills and because the people below you aren't well prepared. equipped yeah. prepared or anything like that to handle your job and that's not on you you're just keeping everything afloat yeah. so so you're right i think ignoring the quitting option is a bad idea because it does feel like that will likely end up having to be the end result so maybe talking about different ways to interact with the people around her would be more helpful yeah. or something like ways to stay afloat ways to prioritize right. herself ways to like align stuff so that she can leave or something right i think definitely like stress management can be one aspect of it because as someone who went through a very stressful work period sometimes you just need something to hold on to and to be able to figure out you know how to deal with these stressful situations but also i think maybe what to expect in the meanwhile from the situation and how to move on from that like you know like yeah because it could be like expecting like to for it to stay the same way or expecting if you have another heart to heart with your boss maybe right. something like that right yeah okay i think that's a good place to start okay so let's do the vibe check first yeah Okay. And then also like part since I don't know, whenever we do predictive tarot stuff, it's just like important to remember that this is just how stuff is now. So if you right. have an epiphany or decide that you like really truly like can't take it, like you, there's mm -hmm. health stuff that happens, right. then all of this could change. Yeah, yeah. But we'll start with a vibe check and then do sort of short term management yeah. and then long term management. management. Yeah. like so unsurprising my vibe check card is the five of wands oh i got the seven of wands <laughs> oh my god we got the two worst wands it's <laughs> not the two worst well, not ones two it's worst, just but... the two most accurate in a situation where you're feeling right. like very conflicted <laughs> conflicted and that people are coming at you essentially yeah and that you're like not like you don't really know what to do i also think that the five of wands is so great in that component because the five of wands is like nobody is a leader everyone is right. flailing like there's right. all sorts of like lack of i guess like intentional consideration in the five mm -hmm. of wands which makes sense because yeah if you're feeling like you're holding everything together because nobody else is prepared but your boss also doesn't have this skill you don't mm -hmm. actually have the ability to help your coworkers prepare right because you're not the boss Technically. No, right. Well, and I love this seven of wands from the light seers tarot where it's the one person on top alone sitting yeah. kind of like meditatively meditating and they're not being impacted directly, but they're still in the conflict itself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, totally. they're trying to have their own space within this like very conflict, you know, this very caustic space, you know, with other yeah. people. So 
Yeah. So I totally. think that's really like a great picture too, because you know, while the five of wands, there's absolutely no leader and this one, people are still looking to you as a, individual. as the leader. And that's the interesting thing about that depiction of the seven of right. wands is that it isn't the same conflict. Like the, the main figure is not also right. in conflict the way that the writer Wade Smith, seven of wands mm-hmm. as the main figure as part of the conflict. You're right. Totally right. Right. So right. sort of so separating yourself from the chaos is exactly sort of the kind of what vibe you're trying right to now. do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or the needed vibe right now. You need to separate yourself from the chaos a little bit more. So then short term, mm-hmm. short term stress management would be the next place to go. Okay. It's short term. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> what did you get? Oh, I got I two got, nights. I got the tower. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like burn it down. Yeah. The, this reading is like, sorry, I think that you don't get the option of not quitting immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I love the tower in this context. Oh, my God. Short term stress management is the tower. I, so. like, how, <laughs> that is so, so wild. It's really that like, is... stop it. Stop no. it now. Light Just burn it, it down. Fire. Nothing's worth <laughs> yeah. like rescuing at this point. Nothing is yeah. worth this at all. And I got the Knight of Wands and the Knight of Cups. So I think that it's kind of saying that you're more prepared to turn the side hustle into a full-time thing than Mm -hmm. you think you are. Because the Knight of Wands is so about sort of like passion and those passion projects. And the Knight of Cups is the emotionality side of it. Like you have the confidence and the capability to sort of like let it all go, to let Mm -hmm. it all crumble around you. Yeah. And the Knights are like moving forward. So to me, it's like move forward with it, like, run with it like don't hesitate to go forward with it at all so then maybe the next question should be how to facilitate maintaining the relationship with the boss even while you're towering to, yeah <laughs> while you're towering <laughs> i mean yeah. because and i know that that's like yeah. the, the issue is that you're worried that in the industry it'll make you look bad for leaving but just in a non-tarot way from my own experience When you're the champion in an office and you're getting everything done and you're keeping shit together and then you leave, you think everyone's going to be like, wow, that was so disloyal of this person for leaving Mm -hmm. and how could they? But everyone is really like, wow, I'm shocked it took you so long Mm -hmm. because that place was a mess and you were way, everyone knows. So everyone knows, especially in an industry where like it's small and people know each other. Like they know Mm -hmm. when an office is not, holding it together in ways that they yeah. should be totally. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about relationship facilitation with the boss, the boss. how to maintain the relationship with the boss in a healthy way. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Maybe oh. I won't give this deck to Anna Rose. <laughs> 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 okay. What did you get? I got the seven of pentacles and I have an okay. idea about that. Oh, well, so I also got a seven. I got the seven of cups. Oh. Okay. See, I think the seven of pentacles is you sort of still working with your boss, but on a like, what is it? Commission basis? Nope. It's something like where the boss kind of like hires you for specific jobs or something. Like if it's freelancing, the industry, basically. Freelancing, yeah. Freelancing is what I'm trying to think of. Like you're still, there's still yeah. going to be a work component with them, but it's not going to be a, where you're running the office sort of deal. Well, and so I, so I got the seven of cups and also the four of swords. So I feel like the way to, I think that you're totally right. Like that's a really good idea. But the other way to facilitate the relationship being maintained is mm-hmm. to allow yourself to focus on the fact that you 
like are so exhausted. Like you need the Mm -hmm. rest and that you have all these other options that you need to explore. And Mm -hmm. so saying like, I, I can't do this anymore because I have so many other options. I have all these other dreams and ideas and hopes and this is making it so that I'm not able to focus on any of that stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm still available as needed for small projects. I think that that's right. probably the best way to maintain the relationship because yeah. then you're still maintaining a relationship, like uh, rather than it just being kind of like you never see them again, right. but also you're able to, instead of focusing on the boss's failure, which can damage the relationships, just focus mm-hmm. on the impact that you're experiencing. I have all these Mm -hmm. ideas. I have all of these seven cups that are filled with cool, beautiful things that I want to try out. And I don't have the energy to do that right now because Mm -hmm. I'm so exhausted by what's going on here. And I know that I'm putting you in a bad position, but I'm still available to help as needed, like as ad hoc, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And they might be totally down for that. Yeah. Yeah. But just remember that people get defensive. So make it about the impact it's having on you rather than something that she's doing wrong. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I just think, I it'll, think be okay, it'll be okay. But you can't when stuff is like leaning towards towering, which it has mm-hmm. been because you asked the question of it all. Continuing mm-hmm. to be like, I can't let this collapse around me is not the way to approach it. Like it's going no. to collapse. It's just whether you allow the collapse with enthusiasm and forward momentum, or if you mm-hmm. resist it and resist it until you end up collapsed underneath the tower. Right, which is not it's kind of. Want. Yeah, it's kind of like the everyday witch picture where are you in control of the collapse or are you going to be crushed by it? And that's kind of... And having the two knights is like so clearly you need to get on a horse and like Mm -hmm. go. Like don't... It's collapsing whether you're there or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like... Motherfucker's gonna let you burn out. (laughs) Especially in a town Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right, Frazzle, keep us updated even if you just want to email us. I'm... Really totally. nervous, but also excited for you. If Me you're too. a longtime listener, you've heard before how we joke that whenever we get readings where it's telling somebody to stay in a job, I'm like completely flabbergasted <laughs> by that. Like, so right. I normally think that moving on is the best bet. Like, that's just kind of the way that I've lived a lot of my professional right. life. Not recently, but a lot of it is because you just can't sacrifice yourself for these mm-hmm. things. No. Well, and I'm the one who drew the tower, so it's my fault. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Esther drew the tower. This is not me projecting my own love of letting things fall apart around me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's not really a love of it. It's an inability to stop it and just rolling with it. Accepting it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good luck, Frazzled. All right. So we have some Patreon shout outs. Yes. We have a almost backlog because we had a few episodes in a row where we couldn't do Patreon shout outs because they were interview based. And so we have quite a few this time. So exactly. So if you want to support us on Patreon, we really appreciate it. It helps us kind of like cover the cost of all of the hosting fees. And also it allows us to get decks too. That's also part of it. But there's a ton of great content there. There's fanfic that Esther wrote about Avonlea. Uh, there's a whole, we've been going through the first season of Charmed, which has been so much fun. Uh, we had a sound issue with episode 10, so we're going to have to re-record that and release it. But it was a but fun episode anyway. It was so. a fun episode, and I was just listening to episode four, the John Show episode, 
And we are hilarious in it. I was literally so laughing good. at our own jokes, which is always <laughs> such a bad sign or a great sign. But yes, it's a really good sign. There's and there's also um, little tarot wildly episodes where we talk yeah. about different cards. There's cheat sheets. It's just a really great resource. And uh, it's all. And thank you for supporting us. So, yeah. Esther, do you want to start first? Yes. So the first person I shall honor with a Patreon card reading is. <laughs> I should, I should, that was very Leo sounding. What a way to phrase honor. that! <laughs> I shall. Aries honor season Megan. really brings it out in you, Esther. <laughs> it's it's a fire sign, cousin. Four, five, six, seven. Megan, your card is the Three of Pentacles. Awesome card. Next is Maria, and Maria, your card is the Eight of Wands. Exciting. Lots of movement. Woohoo. And Josh, your card is three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, the three of pentacles again, because I shuffled it back in the deck. So, hey, two, three of pentacles in a row. <laughs> I love it. And since you hear Esther counting through, you know that she actually was shuffling. Yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Mandy, your card is the chariot cool Ooh, that's cool and then chris your card is the fool yeah that's exciting. yay awesome well thank you everybody for supporting us we really appreciate it yes yay and our only announcement is that our book release date has been pushed back by two weeks because of the suez canal <laughs> <laughs> we have been impacted by a boat Apparently, okay. one of the major uh, impacts of that whole entire crisis was specifically like a lot of paper products. Paper, uh huh. Like paper. my mom was telling me that toilet paper was going to be like a thing. Tarot cards are predicted to also go up in price because of that shortage as well. Of paper, yeah. So papers uh-huh. going through a weird period, but yeah. So our di- our book has been pushed back by two weeks, but we are actively planning some really fun giveaways and stuff for pre-orders. So. If you decide to pre-order the book, we would really appreciate it. And then just screenshot that and hold on to it until we actually are prepared for the giveaway, which yes, 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 will yes. be happening yes. soon. I promise, says Yay. Holly to Esther, because it's mostly me who's <laughs> taking so long. It's okay. It's okay. Hooray! But yeah, we, we did our freaking final like read through last it weekend. It was so stressful. So stressful because it's like this is the last time my eyeballs can lay eyes on this until it's printed. I know. And it was so funny because our wonderful editor, Beth, was kind of, I could tell in her email to us that she was kind of experiencing the same thing we were, which is really suddenly second guessing everything. Everything. Not yes. really, but there's like one specific part where we're like, maybe we need to change the word. Tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Even though we know, the thing is that we know we're right about this, but like we specifically don't have anyone explicitly saying it this boldly. You know what I mean? The implications that are written by the creator of the deck indicate something, but they Uh are not explicit. The creator of the deck was not explicit in that section. It was very implied. So we needed to tone back to just be more implied rather than like, projection right anyway right. when i saw that in beth's email i was like okay so we're all reading through this being like oh my fucking god <laughs> exactly we're all spiraling together collectively we're coll- we're always spiraling more than beth is because beth knows what she <laughs> beth keeps us together <laughs> she's the one who calms us down uh, oh anyway gosh. it was all it's all been so wild and now it feels like it's really kind of done which is yeah, scary I know. 
yeah. and exciting. Yeah. And we can't wait for people to read it. Well, and I'm just so excited to like maybe do like bonus episode content. I don't know whether for Patreon or for like the main feed for some stuff. Because when we wrote these chapters, there's like some stories we couldn't include. There's some decks that we had initially included that got cut because of length. And so I'm just excited oh, to talk yeah. about tarot, you know, like just in general, like what our passion was through this project and like what we found out and what we love most about the yeah. chapters. So, yeah. yeah God, it. I just want to talk to people about freaking like they're just, I don't know. So Jesus some of the me. chapters are just so good. The t- <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Toth chapter is just so so good and rereading it like Esther wrote it initially then I did initial edits and then we've uh-huh. been going back and forth and swapping so it's kind of like everything is both of us which both is of ours, so yeah. great but still reading the Toth chapter I was like this is really good and yeah. it's also hilarious because Lady Frida Harris the artist behind the Toth Tarot had that we'll just give you the spoiler because it's our favorite thing ever and we're definitely going to talk about it for the rest of our lives our lives before she was she was like in her 40s when she started working on Toth 40s or 50s no she was was like in her 60s she was in her 60s okay yeah yeah, yeah. you're right yeah yeah I'm bad at math uh like when was World War II she was like in her 60s but in her earlier years she had been a poet who wrote under the pseudonym Jesus Chutney <laughs> and I just think that there's never been a pen name I've liked more in my entire life and Esther the beautiful genius that she is came up with like a little Instagram stories thing that all and now you have to post about to post how our old school author pseudonyms are a figure from the Bible and a condiment yes <laughs> like Paul Mustard I mean come on <laughs> It's just so good. It's like Zebediah Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Jesus oh Chutney. Gosh. Jesus Chutney is just, oh, I God, cannot. so good. It's so good. Anyway, so, yeah. we love talking about tarot artists, so we're definitely going to keep doing more stuff and not just always yeah, yeah. give little sneak peeks during our announcements. I promise. When we're allowed to, we will give you it. I mean, I think like, we probably like... are allowed to. It just feels okay. weird because it's so like it, September is five months from now. So right, we'll be right. ramping up. Maybe the like summer. the summer months we can do like special yeah, episodes because I feel like summer's July. always bizarre for us. Yeah. So like, Oh my God, that's a great idea because summer's yeah. always so hard for us. Yeah. Because we have these jobs that get so stressful in the summer. Yeah, yeah. You're a genius. All right. Well, do you want to talk about Prisma Visions, our deck of the yes. week this week? Let's talk about it. Awesome. So Prisma Visions is by artist James R. Eads. James is a Los Angeles native born in 1989. He is greatly inspired by music, light, which is super apparent in these cards, and the idea that maybe we've all been here before. Uh, he also is the creator of Green Glyphs Lenormand, which and the all the Green Glyphs cards, which we've reviewed before on the podcast, and also a line of playing cards called Open Portals, which I had not seen before. But when I was looking at his Instagram, they're so pretty, so pretty. Oh, okay. The first edition of this deck came out in 2014, and since then, it's had six editions published. Mm-hmm. All of them are largely the same. It's mostly like deck and cardstock changes that have been made. Yeah. Um. But the deck combines both borderless and bordered cards into one deck. So it's kind of a cool format. Each of the major arcana is like a standalone picture with a border. Um, Mm -hmm. And then each of the minor arcana, each suit 
if you align them all next to each other in each suit, it creates like a four foot long visual story and all of the cards blend into the next card. So it is borderless and creates this really kind of visually stunning effect where if you ever do have cards that are adjacent to each other in order pop up, it's like kind of adding additional depth to that reading because of how the art visually looks, which is cool. Yes, yes. And I know that with each edition, there are different bonus cards. So depending on yes, the edition you have. Call. Yeah. Yeah. The bonus cards is also a, a component. So the first one had a strawberry as the bonus card. It's always kind of yeah. something a little bit adorable and yeah, like, yeah. cute and fun. Really cute. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, had this deck for a while. And then when before back in the before times when people would come to my house and I would end up reading tarot for them and then giving them tarot decks, this was one of those decks that I gave to my longtime friend, Samara. Samara and I have been mm. friends since we were like four. Uh, and she has my Prisma Visions. So the level of reader it's appropriate for then, in my mind, is probably like beginner intermediate. Yeah, yeah. It follows fairly closely with the Rider Waite Smith format. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that some of the symbols that James has decided to include can be a little bit of a variant from Rider Waite Smith. So it isn't necessarily like the first deck that I would pick up, but it is so pretty that if yeah. a new, new, new reader felt like they liked it enough, it could be a total beginner's deck. It's not yeah, like. Yeah, I think so filled with esoteric symbols that would confuse people. It's very narrative, Mm -hmm. which makes it appropriate for all age levels. Yeah. I think that's its strong suit that it's very narrative in its design. So if you're more of a person who likes to read narratively, then it'd be a really great deck to add to your collection. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, The structure is the same as Rider Waite Smith, other than the additional cards that vary by each uh, addition, like Esther mentioned, mm-hmm. and also the cups suit is called chalices, but otherwise yes. the names all remain the same, um, which is one of the ways that it become that it stays so approachable because you could use basically any learning tools to get it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. This deck is constantly counterfeited constantly. Yes. Yes. So while it's available in a couple of different online shops, I would really, really suggest just getting it from James's website. Yes, James R. Eds.merch.com. It looks like James is your safest bet. If you find mm-hmm. it on Amazon or whatever, you know, Etsy. eBay, Etsy, whatever, yeah. it's almost certainly fake. Yes. Yes. Uh, which, you know, it's always weird with those decks that are so beautiful that they're like widely counterfeited because it kind of happens with some of Pixie Curio's deck too. Like the muse, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's a testament to how much people like it, but it's also so fucked up. So this is like the thing is that it's an incredibly beautiful deck, but also for that reason, it's safest to just get it directly from the creator. Right. It's usually just a best bet in general to get it from the creator or just kind of check to see with the creator's website. And if there's like a huge price difference, typically like from, yeah. like if they're not the source of it, then don't trust it. Usually. Every time somebody's like, Oh my God, I found this deck on AliExpress for 1599. And it's like, that is a $60 indie deck. That's definitely mm-hmm. counterfeit. We could yeah. do a whole episode about that. Maybe we should oh, someday. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how the deck feels. So it is a standard 
size and it is pretty slick. Like the cards are really yes. uh, sh not shiny. Glossy. I mean, they are shiny, but they're very glossy. They have uh, mm -hmm. quite a bit of the coating. Yes. Um, which makes it feel pretty substantial. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not like a super thick cardstock, but I think that the coating makes it feel a little bit thicker and more sturdy. Right. right. And yeah. my edition had a silver edging, and I think that's the standard. Yeah, I have the fifth edition, which is also silver sta silver standard. Oh, my gosh. Silver. <laughs> You're silver like, what edging. am I talking about? I have no um, Yes. So, and the box is a, like, one-piece clamshell-style box. There is a mm -hmm. booklet in there. It's about 100 pages long. Oh my God, each edition size has 20,000 I'm seeing now. So the sixth mm -hmm. edition means that there's been like, there's over 100,000 of these decks out in the world. Yep. And then oh he God. also just recently came out with an Oracle deck that's green and I think has gold edging, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. So I think he tries to make each of his decks distinct and different from each other, which I think is nice. So like, cool. It's like similar themed, not themed, but like similar structure but different in style yeah the oracle deck is no longer available on his website i think it's just currently out of stock but that one was called the cosmovisions oracle then maybe that's where i'm getting cosmic cosmo or <laughs> oh yeah you have been that's exactly what it is i don't know why i'm being okay. so judgmental because no, no, i was okay. googling cosmovisions tarot and that's okay right. tarot okay okay I was like, but the Oracle something. deck is really cool. And I didn't yeah, back it, it on Kickstarter because of financial reasons. But now mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I know. Same. I'm but buy it yeah. when it's available. <laughs> yeah. Same. Exactly. <laughs> well, and like in James's like vision for like the reason why he created the products is so super cool. I want yeah. to support him as an artist. He's so. a really awesome artist. He like he's on TikTok and obviously Instagram. But the things that he talks about with like the sort of like artistic process is really inspiring mm -hmm. and he has yeah. like a team of five people now because this deck is so popular and his he as an artist has grown so much and it's just like it's just really cool when you hear about people's artistic efforts uh -huh. and the spirituality side of it because I think yeah. that that's not always something that people feel that comfortable with sharing mm -hmm. and he does sometimes on his Instagram or on his uh TikTok where it's just like this is a really beautiful and sort of vulnerable thing for you to be putting yeah. out in the world. And I always appreciate that in an artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So cool. Um, okay. So the, how it actually looks though, since it's sort of like a Van Gogh style, like pins of light, like mm -hmm. very hand painted looking situation, there's not human figures to really, I like to identify cultural yeah. variants, in, like right. cultural or racial, like specificity within um, so it feels sort of neutral in mm -hmm. some ways because you can connect with the figures kind of no matter what. They're just sort of like, right. like abstract. Definitely more of an abstract sort of deck than people centric. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But I want to hear all about your favorite of these cards. The Esther. cards. Okay. So I chose my favorites um i think people i've probably said this on the podcast before this style is not my favorite because for me i get visually overwhelmed i think i i say that like every episode so <laughs> the like the van gogh style where there's lots of dots everywhere and lots of strokes of paint and things like that yeah for me it's hard for me to focus but 
nevertheless, it's still a gorgeous deck. And for me, I just have to be careful with what I'm reading with the deck. So I'm not like mistaking <laughs> one card for a different card. Yeah, totally. I think that that's kind of the biggest thing with it is that because they are supposed to create these like entire visual stories, you mm-hmm. it can be easy to confuse them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And even though there are things on the bottom where it's like it says like Eight of Pentacles or, th- or Wheel of Fortune, things like that. It's also like if you just kind of like glance at it and you read it wrong, you know, you're just, you know. Fucked. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> you just have to be paying attention. Exactly. Pay attention. Um, I will say that I really like the Reverie card, which is the bonus card for my edition. It's a person in a boat with a harp and like there's like a starry, starry night sort of sky oh, that's behind pretty. them. It's yeah. really pretty. And I really liked it because um, James had put a few like decks that were like a bit dinged on the website and so i grabbed it was like a fifth fourth edition a fifth edition and sixth edition and i like the reverie card more than the newest editions card so i yeah grabbed it i'd love a second sale i I wish that we could always get second sales i know me too (laughs) i love it it's funny because some tarot people are so like uh this card had one small flaw on it i would like my deck to be replaced and meanwhile i'm like give me a destroyed box (laughs) i don't care just like I don't even care if there's a box included like there's one a deck I was looking at it's like there's no box I'm like that's fine send it to me it's fine I don't I do I give no fucks at all okay yeah exactly (laughs) I really adore the queen of pentacles I think it's my favorite card in this deck because yeah, she's, she is, looks like such a fairy queen. She really does. And like she has swirls around her with strawberries and she's like literally sitting on a strawberry and she's just like cuddling her pentacle. And it's just so beautiful and like so peaceful as a queen sitting on her throne. Because like other queens, they don't seem as like calm and peaceful as this queen portrays yeah. herself. It makes any sense. So I could see that. I think the pentacle suit was probably my favorite suit of the deck. I love the pentacle suit. That whole sequence between uh-huh. like the three of pentacles and the eight of pentacles is so mm-hmm. beautifully rendered. It's like all sort of the whole pentacle suit is sort of taking place against like a brick wall. Yeah. And then the brick wall transforms into a garden for the later part of the miners. And it's just so beautiful. It is so pretty. And one of my favorites is the eight of pentacles where the figures watering um, flowers that have pentacles for their center bud. Uh huh. And it's just, and they're so, like big gigantic uh, giant. sunflowers, but close I to the ground. Oh, I love them so much. So, and there's like these beautiful trees in the background and it's like, look at the hats. It's just like, it's just so outside. cute. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then this one, even though it's like simple, I like the kind of like eighties vibe. This oh, no, eighties, like seventies, like psychedelic vibe. This four of wands has going on. I love that also because it's basically like the wands themselves have all like all of the knots in the wood are like mm-hmm. multicolored, multidimensional, and it's very neat. And it's like the wood itself is magical, like which I think is really cool because I never ever think of the like the four of wands as like the stakes themselves being magical, but I'm like, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, that's a really cool like variation of that. Yeah. Um, and my second and last favorite is the wheel of fortune because there's a snake attacking a swan so i think that's really I think cool that's a peacock peacock can't tell it's white <laughs> maybe, maybe it's, a, it's a swan i thought Pe- of it because those those little fronds on the head are peacocky and i wasn't sure if they were like 
part of the artwork or a peacock, so it's fine. It sounds sort of bird. A fowl is being attacked. A fowl. Oh, it is a pe- it is a peacock because look at the tail feathers. I, f- I thought this oh, was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I thought this was just dots in the background because hello, it's a deck of dots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it's a lot of dots. It's a lot of dots. And my last favorite, I really love this card, is the sun because it's like the sun. I, is that's my in absolute colors. favorite. Oh, I, I absolutely love, love the sun. I also think that it brings some of your feelings about the sun forward, uh, where mm-hmm. there's like the exhaustion in some yes. ways like it the sun is so bright that the colors are melting together mm-hmm. and i like that like being brought into the sun me too i love it so cool plus it's just visually so cool it is do we have any overlaps just that one okay um i also most of mine are the majors because i think the minors are better in groups so like yes. like i said the whole the whole I guess it's actually from the Ace of Pentacles, which is like a doorway through this wall, through mm-hmm. the Ten of Pentacles, which I the Ten of Pentacles is also one of my favorite cards. But it's just like very... So the color tones are all more similar amongst each suit, but also the story is the same. So it, having it all be kind of in the same garden is really nice. And it also means that like the Five of Pentacles, for example, yes, there is a person laying in front of a stained glass window in this wall, but you also know that the wall has so much other stuff going on around it that the person's mm-hmm. not actually unsafe, which I think is kind of yeah. the beauty of having it be sort of a narrative style throughout the entire suit is that mm-hmm. the bad stuff has more context almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like the the minor arcanas for the pentacles a lot. I also the ten of pentacles specifically is just one of my favorites because it's like two grown figures with a child figure between them, but the focus is on all of the like lushness of the flowers and trees that have been worked on in the previous cards. Mm-hmm. So they're like far off in the distance, sort of walking towards, I guess, a sunrise maybe. Yeah. But the trees and the plants seem like so much more of the focus. And I like that because it's the culmination of the hard work. And again, that narrative style of each card leading to the next really brings you there. So yeah. everything feels contextualized in a way that sometimes minor arcanas won't because people are focused on like the, their interpretation of the specific meaning rather than like the culmination of sort of like the pathway. Right. Right. So I just love that 10 of pentacles so much. Uh, Like I said, I really love the sun. And then I have two more favorites. I really, really like temperance. Okay. So the reason that I like the temperance card so much is that it's like crashing of waves together almost. Like it feels mm-hmm. sort of water spirity. Like there's still yeah. the two cups and sort of the all chemical component that comes with the two cups, but it feels like just a beautiful ocean spray in some way. And I just mm-hmm. really love that. I just think it's so visually beautiful. Oh. Um, and then my last favorite card is the hermit. And the reason that I love the hermit so much is because it feels so freaking peaceful. I can't even bear it. It's like <laughs> fully in a darkened forest. You can see the moon in the far, far distance. There's like a little bridge going over this water area, but uh-huh. then the water is reflecting all of this light and it just feels so peaceful and thoughtful and like exactly like a place that I would like to be currently sitting. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Which I love totally. in a hermit. I just love it so much. God, hermit energy is so nice. I know. It really, apparently I'm yearning for it because I've been like <laughs> expressing jealousy about the hermit like three times this podcast episode. <laughs> I love it. So good. Are there any ha huh cards? For you? I don't think so. Uh, I didn't. I 
think mean, the, the giant bird in the, the suit swans, of swords is a little yeah, weird. Yeah, the, the swans <laughs> that have teeth. I mean, I know that swans are a bit more violent when you're talking about birds and fowls. As far attacking. as waterfowl go, yeah. <laughs> but uh, just to just the the teeth are a bit uh, not my favorite, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. <laughs> awesome. Fine. Well, will you pull cards for our relationships with the deck, please, yes, my dear I Esther? I will start with Holly. Thank let's you. See. Holly's relationship with the deck. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, and a seven. Let's see. <laughs> the Knight of Pentacles. Ooh, look at this psychedelic tree behind it. I just love the bark Ugh. on the trees. The I love it so, so much. They're cool. so great. Such a good knight, too. It's a unicorn. Aw. Okay, you get a unicorn. Yay! Hooray for me! <laughs> <laughs> and then my relationship with the deck. Good lord. What are we going to pull? Why is this such an anxiety-inducing question sometimes? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. For me, the Ten of Cups. Aww. Oh! oh. With, the little, with the little draping little... That's gem. also cute. I love so all of this cute. stuff hanging off of that tree. I They're know. like little gems on strings. On yeah, or, or like, like cups. I think it's like the actual oh, cups. Oh, chalices. Like, hey, why, yeah. But it's like glass cups. I'm an idiot. No, to me, it looked like like fireflies would be inside or something, but it's not. See, and I thought that they looked like sun catchers. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. Maybe all of the above. It's all of the above. (laughs) It's whatever we see, obviously. Well, awesome. I'm so glad we finally talked about this deck because we have had it for a really long time and it's such a popular deck. It's kind of shocking we haven't gotten to it yet. We're just so enamored by green glyphs that we forgot about Prisma Visions. (laughs) We did. Yeah. And then when we got it, we had to be like, oh, wait, we did green glyphs like two weeks ago. We can't. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. It's like, (laughs) no, we need to give a little bit of time. All right. Well, that's our show. Next week, we're talking about Reclaim Oracle, which was a recent Kickstarter that's still available in the creator shop. Uh, Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a handy form with which to submit questions and also links to pre-orders for our book. Woohoo! And also tell your friends about us and rate... (laughs) You can do it. Rate and review us. We had some really amazing reviews come in. Like there's two that I saw last week that made me almost cry. Oh my God. They were so sweet. So thank you so much to those people who wrote reviews. So it really matters with an algorithm mumbo jumbo stuff. So totally like help us please. Exactly. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And we have a Redbubble shop as well as a Discord. So you can find all of the links to links. those in our show notes. Exactly. Links away. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you so much. We love you. Yeah. <laughs>